her voice. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Wurundjeri, Wurundjeri, and Mubaran people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend their respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders culture. Welcome to our channel. I'm Xiaofan. Hi, I'm Ray. From today onwards, we will be presenting a six episodes podcast series, Her Voice, focusing on female gender and feminism. We chose one theater production, two movies, and two female artists, and we'll bring you guys the experience of the glamour of female artists and works that will never fade away over time. Hope you will like it. Okay, so in today's episode, we are going to talk about Chu Yuan, the Chinese writer Yang Benfen, published in 2020 and immediately became one of the bestsellers of that year. Um, before we start to this topic, I would like to ask Ray and all of our listeners two questions. Have you guys ever thought about your retirement day and what we'll do post on social media? For me, retirement is a time now in my life where I can start to relax.、Uh, it's when you change from a busy work mode to a state where you can really enjoy your life. Hopefully,、yeah. I can have a small ceremony for myself if there is any posted on social media.、Mm, maybe it then I will never have to work <laughs> again in my life in Chinese. We call it topping. <laughs> yes, I think for me, retirement meaning that the time when I have to devote myself to do something I really don't like is finally over, and I can fully start the life I once dreamed of. Hope there will be no financial pressure. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so the author of the book we're going to talk about today didn't officially start her writing career until she retired. Um, which is not so common in this industry.、Um, next, we're going to briefly introduce her as well as the general background of the creation of this book. The name of the author is Yang Benfen. She is a writer who officially started writing after retirement at the age of sixteen.、Um, she was born in Hunan Province in China at around nineteen forties.、Um, after her mother's death. The one who never had any professional writing skills decided to pick up a pen and record some of her mother's past stories. And the title of our book, Qiu Yuan, is also a character based on the image of her mother. In one of our author's own interviews, she once mentioned that the manuscript of the original book may have reached a weight of about eight kilograms, which is a lot.、Um, yeah. After the publication, an editor once wrote such words. She faces her own life, the history of her country, and the inexplicable life with her own words.、Uh, Ray, I don't know how you felt after reading this book, but I think for me, it's because it's based on real stories, right? It's it's not like you are reading a novel; it's more of a memoir. Uh, yeah. And when I read it from the view of Ben Stiller, I follow the author、yeah. to examine her mother's life, her family's life, and 
there are no obscure words like in a classic novel. Yeah. And sometimes some classic books are, you know, a little bit difficult to read because this is books are not that real. Uh, like histories are completely and truly displayed in front of me. Yeah. Um, this story is more like an epitome, especially the epitome of Chinese history during a period of time. Um, it lasted from 1920s to 1980s. In mm -hmm. fact, the, the theme of our series podcast is the discussion of the role of women and the changes in the time they face. Yes. So um, we chose this book at the beginning of the entire series, not only because it is written by a female author, but also because it starts and focuses on the perspective of women, starting from the age of four or five until her death. Mm -hmm. It's a very delicate and true description by the author. So it's it's actually the life of an ordinary people, not a completely fabricated character. It starts with a um, brief introduction to Tuyan's family. First of all, she, we can see that she's actually born in a relatively wealthy family, right? Um, in the northern province, in the northern eastern China. And her family was a middle-class family in the 20, 1920s. Mm -hmm. So you can see that her starting points was relatively high. But, yeah. but at the end of the story, her family was plucked by cold and hunger. Many of the stories that happened after that are very intriguing. Yeah, I said. So through, uh, throughout her life, I think the social background at that time already included both like nature disasters yeah. and man-made ones. It was indeed a very turbulent area. Yeah, Chuyuan, she was born into a medical family. Her father was the owner of a clinic, a very down-to-earth doctor with mm -hmm. a very good reputation. However, yep. with the change of the regime, Tuyuan's family was experienced a lot of disasters and torments. Mm -hmm. um, the starting point was actually the deaths of Tuyuan's two sister-in-laws. was at a uh, spring fair that her two sisters, her two older brothers' wives, died in a shipwreck, tragically. Yeah. After that, her father died of illness because he kept worrying for her children too much. It seems like Tuyuan's life trajectory began to undergo the first turning point. And then it was followed by her marriage. Um, and that was an arranged marriage. Like mm -hmm. everyone has been through at that time. Uh, according to the matchmaker, his Kuomintang officer and also known as the Chinese Nationality Party's very nice background, but yeah. they got married. And Chu Yuan found at that time, and she finally found out that her husband's family was very poor, and I feel uh, that is foreshadows their financial difficulties in the next decades. Yes, um, in fact, it was around 1930s when Nanjing was plugged into a massacre and unprecedented one by the Japanese Imperial Army. As the senior officer of the Kuomintang, her husband was among the first ones who got the news. So he took the whole family to his hometown, mm -hmm. Hunan, the province in central China. Um, at that time, it was a relatively backward part of the country, especially as Richard said, Chuyan's husband's family was poor. Yep. Um, since then, the, the husband and wife have settled in that province. And it is also the first hometown that the author's mother recognized. In fact, this is also where her vibrant life began. 
Yeah, Chuyuan's husband is, he's actually a simple and honest and also upright person, right? After he suddenly fought from the status of an officer to an ordinary person, he was appointed by the township and serves as the leader of the rural area. But um, in fact, he had no actual authority, no real power. Uh, for him, there's no sense of economic superiority. He, he earned just as much as others did. It's just more of a position that you cannot see it completely useless, but he was actually fighting for the villagers practically and did his utmost. Yeah, such a good mind. Yeah. Yeah. There is a plot that I remember very clearly and I'm very impressed. I don't know if you remember it, Ray. It was a dark night in Hunan and there was a thief who tried to steal something, some food and some money from Tuyan's house. And he dug a little hole at the bottom of the wall and tried to climb over through it. But he was caught on spot by Tuyan's husband. Instead of implementing any punishment or sending him to prison, he let him go and gave him another chance. And this may actually help the whole family in their chapters. Yes, and I think both these two plots are foreshadowing their future. Mm -hmm. Uh, such as Sophie just mentioned Chuyuan's husband, Ren Shou, a former Kuomintang officer, and because he was educated and he has seen some part of this world, and he was appointed as the leader of a small village. And both identities were foreshadowing the reason why he was classified as an enemy of the people, whether yeah. during the land reform of the or the cultural revolution and as for this character he's very upright and generous can people and always think for other people and when they are in disaster their families also receive you know kindness from mm -hmm. those they uh, have, have ever helped before yeah and you know this is two identities of him as a, a Goody goody and a former mm -hmm. officer and paved the way for the following story. Let's look at the Chuyuan herself. She is actually like what we just said, she came from a good family. But when she and her husband went into such a situation in Hunan, instead of being a subordinate to her husband, she she also started to make contributions to her family. She went to teach at a local school, which was like a half private and half self-established school. Mm -hmm. And it is this move of her that inspired her children who read this book personally and who become teachers and doctors. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, one of the shared characteristics of this family, I think, is that mm -hmm. Uh, they said the turbulent environment of that area and their financial situation. They always craved knowledge. Yeah. Uh, like Chuyan herself in the beginning, the requirement for her agreeing to marry this officer was for her and her kids to complete their studies. And throughout her life, um, being educated has always been a seed in the bottom of her heart. So as long as there is a chance, she wants to read. And this may be a shared value in this family, I think. Yeah, 
the mother really takes a very good lead. If this is a happy thing for them to be able to settle down and have food and have clothing after the massacre, then everything that happens to them next was devastating to the whole family.、Um, at this time, the background was China's land reform in the 1950s.、Um, under the influence of this agrarian reform movement, peasants, especially in the rural areas, were at the upper hand.、Um, yeah. Before that, they actually had no land or have to pay high taxes for the land. They were almost completely unable to support themselves. After paying taxes,、mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but after this change in the land reform movement, most of the patients occupied a superior position.、Um, for Tuyuan's husband Yuan Shou, who was once a Kuomintang officer, his fate was turned upside down after that.、Um, there's one interesting that thing is that the change of the impression of their neighbors, which also confirms how their situation has been overturned.、Um, Auntie Man, she and her husband were among the first neighbor couples of Chiu Yuan after she again moved,、uh, this time to her elementary school where she taught.、Um, Auntie Man once said so after visiting Chiu Yuan's family. She said, "I never make friends with patients, but because you guys are educated and you are a teacher, I would like to make friends with you." But after this land reform, she and her son and her daughter-in-law. Began to question Tuya and Renshou. They、uh, they smash on the door and yell at them、mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. use the worst words you can think of to insult Tuya. Although Tuya's husband Renshou was once Kuomintang,、uh, he actually didn't do anything wrong to patients like Anti Man. But they are still attacked and abused both verbally and physically. Yeah, that's crucial. And we're、yeah. reading we are actually seeing things from. You know God's perspective.、Mm-hmm. We know that whether a government officer or as a local leader, we can see that Renshou did not do、uh, wicked things or、mm-hmm. misuse his authority, but、uh, instead he kept helping people. Yeah. But in the context of land reform, it. It was urgent for everyone to put their head on these people、mm-hmm. to classify people, and if you were one of Guomindang, you would be connected down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, once you are put on this head, you're simply classified, and there won't be any detailed investigation of you personally. So in that area, there were indeed a lot of. Wrongful、uh, accusations. Yes, like the movement had provided an emotional outlet for the oppression that these patients have been through for a long time,、yep. and they therefore spread this feeling and anger very directly and violently to the nearest people they could reach. Yeah, Chuan's family become therefore a scapegoat. It is indeed a, a nonsense disaster. Therefore, before them. Uh, from the non-Chuan became an object of attack. I, I remember many times the author mentioned some of the family's reactions to hunger. She, as the second child of Chuan's、uh, family, she told her mother and father that she's going to beg for food. As their mother Chuan did not stop her or felt that this is a very shameful action for a daughter to 
to do. Instead, she threw a bag that could hold grain for her daughter, so that she could go door to door begging for、mm-hmm. food.、Mm-hmm. But but not every time she would meet good-hearted people, because in this circumstances, most of the people have lost the ability to trust others, even if they're just saying a slightly so-called bourgeois signs, they would sternly refuse to help. And I think that、uh, what I found interesting is that we can see a continuation of this entity of Zhihua from her mother, and then to you know to some extent it also reflects the continuation of the entity of women in Chinese、yeah. society. And Chu Yuan is a tough, brave, and kind woman, and her goal is actually. Staying alive and her thirst for knowledge,、mm, yeah. then this is projected onto her daughter's career, who is also a very tough and kind woman. She was willing to take responsibility for her family, and she never stopped craving for knowledge. Yeah,、uh, there's never such an idea of giving up reading in this family.、Um, in fact, from Chu Yuan and her daughter's point of view. We can see two types of women. One、mm-hmm. is represented by Chu Yuan.、Uh, she once lived in a relatively good environment, but due to the change of time, she was set in a tragedy. Like Rachel said, she did not give up hope for life at all, with a will that is incomprehensible to us now, strong and tenacious. She just wanted to be alive.、Yeah. Um, after the spirit of her continued to her daughter, she became a half mother and half daughter. She not only needed to complete her studies, but also need to take care of her two younger brothers.、Mm-hmm. So Zhihua was probably only eleven or twelve years old at the time. Maybe girls at her age these days are in primary school, but she already have to cook for the entire family. Yeah,、uh, I felt like、uh, they both, as Xiaofan mentioned,、uh, continuation. But we can also see that with the advancement of this of the times in different social environments, when they encounter different situations, when they were、uh, shackled by by the so-called identity of women, they never stop fighting just to be themselves.、Uh, for children, the shackles of the society are、uh, are very obvious. Uh, at the beginning of the book, she was an innocent girl dancing in the rain, pay a typical carefree、yeah. child. But in the next second of this picture, it was her mother who fostered her to go home, and in, you know, in that area, women are forced to bind their feet. Yeah, we might need to clarify that、uh, foot binding is an old Chinese custom that lasts for thousands. Of- Years in order to conform to the so-called masculine preferences.、Um, when girls are at the age of four or five, their mother or the closest、uh, female family member will break and tightly bind the、mm-hmm. feet of the young girls to change the shape and size the so-called three-inch golden lotus.、Um, but Chu Yuan was at a very delicate era. The custom was soon abolished. That's to say, she's she's half of her. Is a traditional woman, but the, the other part is constantly struggling with self liberation. She has never compromised with difficulties. Yeah, her food binding experience mapped the trajectory of her life. Yeah, 
um, we, we also mentioned another woman in the previous discussion, anti-man. She's, she's like the most, most of the rural women we know nowadays. Mm-hmm. They hate, they hate federalism like poison, but they, at the same time, they are synonyms for federalism. We can see that after she chose a woman for her, for his son, she gave her a new name, which is more in line with her preferences because yeah. she disliked her old name. Yeah, yeah. That is to say, she she would pass everything she has encountered, especially painful experiences, to her descendants, her daughter-in-laws. When her daughter-in-law was in labor, she expressed great disdain just because she is crying and yelling because of mm-hmm. pain, knowing mm-hmm. that her daughter-in-law gave birth to a girl, she would despise the gender. It was as if a woman has no other identification except for being a mother. Yeah, one of the arrows here is that she is also a woman. Yeah. yeah it's the fact. But she's very frustrated with the fact that her daughter-in-law gave birth to her girl. It's yeah. really ridiculous. And that is to say she's in essentially pushing her feminine identity away and she Mm-hmm. Oh, she also has a feeling of contempt for herself. Uh, yeah. Also, this is reflected in her, you know, abuse of her son and wife in the book. Yeah. Um. In addition to these three types of women we just mentioned above, there is also a girl named Xiao Quan in the book, who is actually a representative of another kind of woman. She is a child bride because of her tragic life. Um, unfortunately, her mother died under the bullying and corrosion of bandits. Therefore, Xiao Quan became an orphan and a child bride, which means she was started to enter family at a very young age too, mm-hmm. in order to become their son's bride yep. in the future. Mm-hmm. Under that circumstances, most women would not receive any sexual sex education. So she um, she gave birth to a child at a very young age in an unaware situation. This child in the book is described as a deformed child or a premature baby. Oh. But Xiao Quan did not express any dissatisfactions, but instead she gave her daughter the best she could, raising her from a child um, in the shape of a little mouth to a girl. Yeah, and in the process of raising her deformed child, we can also say that the book is always reflecting women's revolt against it and unfair and unjust faith. It turned her into a woman who married and became pregnant at a very young age and gave birth to a deformed child. But yeah. she didn't give up, right? And But mm-hmm. raised her children and gave them the best care she could offer. And mm-hmm. in the process, in order, to, in order to make money, she sought a way out and started sweating. Yeah. Um, although the above mentioned four types of women may sound unreal because they're in a novel, but they're actually truly what women are going through at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the perspectives of the stories only focuses on Qiu Yan's family, but in fact, there are many women from different social backgrounds and identities are being oppressed, but they never give up the way of self-resistance and confrontation with the outside world to make their own voices heard. Mm-hmm. After the death of Julian's husband, she met her second husband. Um, but from my personal point of view, she's 
she's actually um, in between the situation of self-loose and self-consenting in this marriage. Um, in fact, in her own words, she, she should not have another marriage, especially around the age of 50. He, she claimed that her son at the time had already become a teacher and could support himself. So she did not enter another marriage just because of that. She saw it as a shame. And what do you think of such a marriage? Uh, just like you mentioned, you can say that it a completely forced act, nor would we say that it's a consciousness. Uh, she did it because she had no way to fight against the political system, but yeah. to make a compromise. Uh, she must get married. Women were still, you know, men's subordinates at that time, yeah. and you could only have an official identity in this land by getting married. Yeah, it's not like you can survive on this land as an individual in order to survive to have food to not return to her old hometown where you have no food. She had to make a compromise. Yeah, um, in fact, she she also did that for another reason. She felt that such an act could reduce the burden on her child children and provide better education, especially for her two younger sons. Mm -hmm. um, after getting married. In order to take care of her husband, who is way much older than her, she sacrificed a lot. Yeah. And, and in that marriage, she accidentally lost another son, which may be the final climax of the book. In her life, she suffered and faced the death of her father at a very young age, her child, and her husband. Uh, the whole story just made her tragic life a complete line. After her marriage ended, she could finally be herself and return to her children. Mm. Um, in fact, when thinking about Chiu Yuan's story, you, you can't see that it is a complete individual and special existence because we, we heard of similar stories from people around us and we can see that they're real. So mm -hmm. um, this book is not so much a novel or an autobiography, but we can see it as more like a physical record of a period of time. In fact, most of the books we have read so far praise sufferings. But but in this book, Chu Yuan is fighting with her own will. Uh, and the most profound thing I feel through this book is that uh, believing is not just the last support when person is in a desperate situation, but it is a thing that runs through her entire life. We probably forget about what we are living for for the most of the time. If someone asks us what it is, what is it? And we may answer to study, to work, or just to start a family. But mm -hmm. in fact, um, the way I say that all of this is are based on the fact that we're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, and therefore right. in our life, Every step is actually closely related to it. Living in itself is the greatest meaning of life. Yeah. Um, in this book, especially from the, the narrative way, you, you will not feel the kind of gorgeous and elaborate words, right? Instead, it's a simple and straightforward way of telling stories, but makes you heart pound. Yeah, I think a big reason why I feel so... Even when we write, we can 
very clearly realized that um, we're not looking at fictional novels, but、mm-hmm. every single human being who is struggling in turbulence. Yeah. Um. One publisher said so at the end of the book, and I quote: "Everyone is." Both a participate in history and a bearer of history. Such records are, of course, precious. But in every era, what we get is actually such records. They're important, but they're not enough. Instead, the bearers of those fragmented histories are priceless. Those ordinary people's stories could be very moving if their voices could be heard a little bit. I believe this book can also leave such a simple but particularly deep impression on the audiences. Yes. In the process of our education from childhood to adulthood,、um, what we have learned from history textbooks is, will only be the big events. But from these novels, we can understand how every little person survived in those areas. Yeah, so so we're especially looking forward to see more stories like this, like Julia and the emergence of such female characters. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.、Um, here comes the end of today's podcast. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.